Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have a word, but God likes to do things a little different. See this shirt? I've worn it. This is only the second time I've worn it. And the reason is because I love the colors. But I look at it in my closet and I think, that's not me. That's not me. That's what I tell myself. I'm like Christian Limley. Years ago when he was a little boy, somebody asked him his favorite color. He said, camouflage. <laughs> I pretty well fall into that category. But God told me to wear it this morning. And I know why. It's because it gets me out of my comfort zone. I want to start the new year off this year by taking communion. So if Elder Paul and Brother Allen would move it up here. But I want you to see something. There's a word for at least two weeks now that's just been coming up in me at random times. It may be when I'm praying. It may be when I'm sitting on the couch. It may be just random times. And it's Yeshua Hamashiach. It just, it just rises up. It just comes out. Yeshua Hamashiach. And for those that don't know what it means, Yeshua Hamashiach means Jesus the Messiah. Jesus the Anointed. So God was, he basically asked, said, can you say that about yourself? Jesus, the anointed. Can you say Peyton Hamashiach? Peyton, the anointed. Miss Joellen, Joellen Hamashiach, the anointed. We may think that it's strange to say that, but in Luke 4, 18, this is what Jesus said. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He said it about himself. 
he was anointed because the spirit of the oh because the holy spirit was upon him i have the holy spirit living in here and so does most of you i don't know about all of you but i have the holy spirit living in here That makes me anointed. That makes me anointed. So can we say that about ourselves? Robert, the anointed one. Try it. See how it fits. Benny, the anointed one. Kelsey, the anointed one. Miss Barbara, the anointed one. It doesn't matter whether you feel like it or not. That's not the issue. Don't show you something. This right here, this the the bread and the and the wine. They represent a covenant. A covenant. Jesus made covenant with us. And the reason he made covenant with us is because when, when we partake of that covenant, we accept him. This is just a representation. We accept him as our Lord and Savior. When we partake of that covenant, it seals us being anointed. So I want you to come. Could y'all move that center it to the end of the thing? No. Right up here. I just want it in the center like that. Hallelujah. I want to invite y'all to come. But as you partake of this, as we partake of this, I want us to realize that Jesus died so that we could be anointed to do the work of God. You see, when we partake of this, we're coming into agreement with that covenant. That Jesus, when he said he was the anointed one and he stepped into that, no devil in hell could beat him. He conquered death, hell, and the grave, took the keys back from the devil, all by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we partake of this, that's what we're coming into alignment with because we have that same Holy Spirit. We can conquer whatever the enemy throws at us. Everything by the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's Yeshua HaMashiach, the anointed one that we're partaking of.
Hallelujah. See, that represents all sickness and disease. This is new life. New life in Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus, give you praise. Hallelujah. I give you praise, Jesus, give you praise. Well, this this morning. I want to talk a little bit about vision. Vision. I was asking God, I asked him, I said, well, what is the purpose of this word for the people? And this is what he said, it is to reveal and settle in you the amazing purpose that God has for you. Because if God has a purpose for you, it's amazing. Because he is amazing. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, vision. If you look up the de definition in the dictionary, it says the ability to think or plan the future with imagination and wisdom. That's the, def the dictionary definition. But I heard a definition years ago that I'm going to tell you about that I like. It's never left me. There was a man and had his little daughter with him and she was sitting on his shoulders and they were looking out across the ocean. Just looking out across the ocean. And she said to her daddy, I can see farther than my eyes can see. That's vision. I can see farther than my eyes can see. I can see farther than my natural eyes. I can see farther than my circumstance. I can see more I can see a way out. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I can see farther than my eyes can see. And this, you see, a vision is not what you're doing right now. A vision, because what you're doing right now was a vision. 
it was a vision that you stepped into, so it's no longer a vision. A vision is beyond what you're doing. <laughs> Let that sink in just a little bit. Now, Freedom Ministries has a vision. It's to set the captives free. That is the foundation vision. And that vision, that never leaves. It never stops. That is what everything is built off of. I'm going to get ahead of myself. <laughs> you see, like Matthew 6, 33, we, most of us know that scripture. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That is the first scripture I ever remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me personally. That is my foundation. That is what everything that I do is built off of. Seek God first. And then everything else is birthed off of that. My teaching is birthed off of that. Taking up the offerings is birthed off of that. Everything is birthed off of that. But that was birthed out of the vision of freedom ministries. <laughs> you see what see um what, what I'm saying? Our vision is never outside of the freedom ministries vision. It's always inside and built up on the foundation. <clears throat> Hallelujah. And I saw because, you know, you're beginning to see more apostles now. But whenever I was just, I don't know, even five years ago, the word apostle was a rare thing to hear in the church, in the church realm. And the enemy attacked that area for a purpose. See, I thank God we got an apostle. Because apostles' job, along with all of us, to back her up and push is to expand. So the enemy knew that. And the enemy, if he could take an apostle out, out of the church system, expansion stops. It's me and mine, and that's, that's it. Hallelujah. Proverbs 29:18 says where there is no vision the people perish but he that keepeth the law happy is he where there is no vision which means no revelation no dream and no prophecy the people perish it doesn't mean the people physically die it means they go back. They go back. Without a vision, we go back. See, lack of vision will cause 
people to be settlers. You know what a settler is? They go so far and they stop. They set up camp right there and that's, that's it. And without a vision, that's as far as you'll go. But see, Freedom Ministries is a pioneer ministry. Never really heard of a pioneer ministry until, until, until this one. But a pioneer ministry is never content with where it is. If you're content with where you are, then we got a problem. <laughs> we get content because it's comfortable. But to be a pioneer is uncomfortable. The first time I put this shirt on and walked out of the house, it was very uncomfortable. I'm just saying. You see, the children of Israel, when Moses led them out of Egypt, we know they wandered for 40 years. Moses had a vision. The children of Israel didn't have it. And they wandered for 40 years. Matter of fact, they even said, we want to go back. God said, you've got a promised land over here, a, man, a land flowing with milk and honey. But they said, uh, I want to go back. I want to be in bondage again. That's, the, oh. That's what going back does. It puts you in bondage. How quickly we forget. I want to go back. See, a vision would draw you into uncharted territory. You may not think you have a vision, but there's something in you. If you're here, if you call this your church, your ministry, there's something in you that's constantly drawing on you, whether you realize it or not. Hmm. I just have to say I'm proud of Natalie. <laughs> she stepped into, the, she saw into the spirit realm at home group the other night. You don't do that. You don't do that without God pulling on you. And working on you. I'm proud of all of these young people. Y'all are amazing. Because you would not be here if God didn't have a hold of you down on the inside, pulling on you. And Peyton, <laughs> I told her, 
first time she did the drama, I could see God all over her. She stepped out of her comfort zone. Adam and Asia, it may have been a little uncomfortable, but they've been there before. But when you've never been there, it's uncomfortable. I want you to hear this. Our promised land is just a vision away. Your promised land is just a vision away. That makes sense? Okay. Before we can have something in the spirit realm, God shows it to us. Okay, once he shows it to us, it's ours. But it's not automatic. We got to take it. So your promised land, when you're praying about something and he gives you a vision, he shows you something about it, it's yours then. He just spoke over it. We just have to step into it and take it. That's not the, that's, that's where we slip. Right there, it's the stepping into it and taking it. Hallelujah. But we have to keep the vision before our eyes. That's where we fail. We get in the vision, we get out. We get in, we grab hold of it, and we turn it loose. In Genesis 30, verse 37, this is the story of Jacob. You know, he had, a, he had an in-law or a relative that was swindling him out of his cattle and his sheep. God give him a vision. Because cattle and sheep produce, you know, a certain kind, certain colors, produce certain colors. And there were not very many spotted and speckled sheep or cows. So Jacob said, I want all the spotted and speckled. Well, his deceitful relative said, okay. But God gave him a strategy. God told him to peel these certain kind of sticks, to peel them, cut marks in them, white spots and streaks, and put it there where they could see it when they come to drink water. He put the vision before the cattle and the sheep. Next thing the man knew, the spotted and speckled sheep outnumbered the other ones but they had done made an agreement now. He put the vision in front of their face and kept it there. And they became the vision. They became the vision. That's the key to this ministry. Put it before your face. Keep it in your face. And you will become 
the vision. Hallelujah. Hmm. What separates a pioneer from a settler? A pioneer always knows there's more. They're always wondering, what's on the other side of that hill? What's over there? Pioneers... Well, a settler can just settle down and say, I don't care what's over there. I'm going to build a fence around this little spot so that I can't even see over there. And so what's over there can't see over here. But a pioneer, they're always looking farther. I just saw something that I've never, about myself, just then. Y'all may think this is kind of ridiculous, but I've got, at home, I've got three pair of binoculars. I just got a new pair. My old ones are good. I've got a little, uh, what you call a monocular, a little single one. I've got a telescope that I can see way on out there with. And I just remembered, as a, even as a kid, I loved them little toy binoculars. I remember the pair that I had. You couldn't focus on that wall with it, but I loved them. I had a telescope. I'd sit in the backyard and look at trees in the distance and try to find something. That's a pioneer. That's, I want to know what's over there. I want to know what's around the corner. I want to know, God, what do we do next to get into the spirit side of it? What do we do next? You wonder why we're, all, we're always doing something new. This past year, in one year, what have we done? We got on Facebook Live. We had a school of ministry, and there was a third one, I know. Revival House. And discipleship class. In one year. In, in the year that COVID hit and everybody locked up in their house. Okay. We expanded. I think that's pretty interesting. We expanded. But everybody can have a, have a vision. Everybody can see into the spirit realm. If you look at John 16, 13. It says, How be it, when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Not just apostle, 
not just me, not just Pastor Babs. He will show you. He will show you. He will show each and every one of you. Because he's not a respecter of persons. He will show you things to come. So the question is, are we seeing them? Are we seeing them? When I first started studying about vision, God showed me, well, he threw this in there and it kind of threw me for a little loop. Proverbs 9, 10. Says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We like to quote that, but there's more to that scripture. It says, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The knowledge of the holy it means the knowledge means the prophecies of a future event. In other words. When we fear God, when we fear God, He will show us things into the future. He will show us things. But if we don't fear Him, we, he's, he's not going to show us things into the future. We got to fear Him. What I see, what he showed me was, if we don't fear him, we will have some imaginations and things that we attribute to God. That we will say they're God, but they're not. We will operate in our own vision. But to really operate in his vision... We have to fear him. We have to fear him. And it doesn't necessarily mean to be afraid. It means that we honor, like we were teaching this morning, we honor and respect him. We seek him. And then he shows us things. John 5, 19, 20. John 5, 19. It says, then, Jesus an then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these, that ye may marvel. When you look up that word in this scripture, this is King James, but the word seeth, when it says, but, he, but what he seeth the Father do, 
it means to gaze. And when you research gaze, it means to gaze with eyes wide open. At something remarkable. Even though Jesus was the Son of God, when he looked upon the Father, he was amazed at what he saw the Father do. That's the way we are to look upon God. If we're not amazed at what we see him doing, then I don't think we're seeing him. If we're not amazed, then we're not seeing him. Hallelujah. John 14. Okay, so we say that, that was Jesus. Well, in John chapter 14, he took our excuse away. Because in John 14, verse 12, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. So these miraculous things and visions that Jesus saw was not limited to him. This says that we see them as well. We can see them as well. And in verse 16 and 17, it says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Since we have the Holy Spirit living in us, we can see the same thing that Jesus saw. We can see the exact same thing. We can do the same things that he did when God shows them to us. Hallelujah. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. It says, but as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. We see that scripture put on plaques right there. It stops right there. We don't know. In other words, what they're stopping at is saying, I don't know what God has for me. When you stop with that one scripture. Because I my eye doesn't see it, my ear doesn't hear it, and my heart doesn't know it. But verse 10 says, But God has revealed, which means takes the cover off them what is them 
what your eye hasn't seen, what your ear hasn't heard. God reveals those things to us, us, by His Spirit. It says, For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things, the mysteries of God. So the Holy Spirit will reveal to us what the natural eye and the natural ear and the natural mind cannot grasp. That's why it's important to learn to hear the Spirit because He will reveal these things to us. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10, 16 says, This is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds will I write them. God is so dedicated to his vision that he made covenant. That's what we partook of a while ago. God made covenant with us so his vision could go forth through us. That's what he did. He made covenant so that his vision could go forth through us. And God never breaks his covenant. He never breaks his covenant. You know, sometimes we think our vision doesn't fit us. I would have been the last person if you'd have asked me if my vision, if you'd have told me before I come to this ministry that God's vision for me was to, was to teach. Because I could have been a hermit. I could have been one of those that back in the woods come out for supplies and go back <laughs> it's just like like I said about this about this shirt it's like I look at it in the closet and I think it's a pretty shirt but it's not me but then again who said it's not me I did I said it's not me God never told me it wasn't me. As a matter of fact, he told me to wear it. <laughs> Thank you, Apostle. So we can take whatever God speaks to us to do, our vision. And if we look at ourselves compared to the vision, we will say, no, that's not me. But we have to lay all of that aside and step into it. Regardless of whether we see, see it or not. When someone speaks into your life and tells you this is what you're called to do. Not just everyone that speaks into your life, okay. 
someone that you trust, someone that has proven themselves. When they speak into your life and say, God has called you into this, it doesn't matter if you feel like it. If you think it doesn't line up with your personality, it, that's not the issue. It's you step into that because they saw into the spirit realm. Hallelujah. So I'm going to get this to move and invite you to come down. I want to pray for you that your eyes be wide open in the spirit realm. Because when Jesus looked upon the Father, it said that his eyes were wide open. Sometimes we want to squint at God because we're not so sure we want to see what he has to show us. So if you want to get your eyes wide open, now come on. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.